Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and smash that like button like your Brandon Davis. You have consent. You know what he would do. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, please knock that out while you're here. And while you're doing it, let me remind you what we've been doing oh. this whole summer. It's called the Summer Shoot-Around. Never mind, it's not even summer anymore. It doesn't matter. It's a series during which we focused on 20 notable teams over a span of 10 weeks. Two per week, 20 teams in 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. We did the schools in alphabetical order. I'll be honest, I thought we were done after Villanova, but then we decided to auction off a 21st episode of the Summer Shoot-Around with the proceeds from the episode benefiting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. How do you not do anything for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, for crying out loud? That place is amazing. And so the winner of the auction, it was Bellarmine University from the Atlantic Sun, Scott Davenport's Knights. They went 20-13 and 13 last season. They had an 11-5 and five mark in the league. Just their second season at the Division I level. They won the A-Sun tournament, but weren't allowed to play in the NCAA tournament because they're still transitioning to, to division one. So let's stop. Let's stop here for a minute. Okay. Like, are you in favor of this transitioning period for schools moving to division one that prohibits uh, them from playing in the NCAA tournament or even the NIT for a period of time, even if they qualify? Because I hate it. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in favor of it, actually. Um, I'm, Why would you be in favor? I'm, of that? You know what? I'm, I'm feeling a little nihilistic here on a Monday morning in October. We are opening a show with Bellerman, this backfired. But listen, we're all too happy. I don't know. My phrase might be a little overboard. We are, uh, we are indebted and must oblige the winner of our contest. So Bellerman, shouts to you and uh, and all the people, all the Bellerman fin- fans listening to this uh, this podcast. There are dozens of us. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Tobias Funke. Where were you, Illinois? Where were you, Dayton fans? Where were you, San Diego State? Where were you, Michigan State fans? We're happy to talk Bellerman. 
this was a curveball. Okay. I didn't quite see this coming, but for St. Jude, anything we, and by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, we are YouTube. rocking. Hey, we are rocking the Bellarmine stuff. We are good to our word. We put it up for our, and you know what? We do a summer shoot around in 23. Maybe we auction off the 21st episode again, get a little more pub for it and see which ticked off fan base wants to donate the most to, uh, to help out charity and help out St. Jude's as for this rule. And if you think we aren't loaded with Bellarmine info and until you are greatly mistaken, we are getting to the mailbag, but we must deal with these nights first. Um, it's used in large part as a as a deterrent to everyone trying to get into Division One to qualify for the NCAA tournament. Who's not in Division One at this point? Literally, uh, I mean, like seven hundred schools. There is no if, if if it's if the if the root of it is to be a deterrent. Uh, once you realize it doesn't deter anything, maybe don't have it. Like uh, you know it doesn't. If it wasn't there, would D one be seven hundred schools right now? We're oh at three sixty three. What is the difference between three sixty three and seven hundred? Practically speaking, like uh, who it's, cares? It's almost double. Like who cares? I mean, mathematically speaking, that's almost double the amount. At, at this point, who cares? If if you go from three sixty three to seven hundred, who cares? Who cares? I do. It's way too many schools. What? 363 is way too many. We 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 crossed way too many decades ago. It is. It is. Yeah, I, just, so, I, I feel like you're a Division One team. You you qualify for the NCAA. You do what you what you in theory have to do to qualify for the NCAA tournament. You should be in the NCAA tournament. Period. Well, they're going to have to wait at least two more years because this ridiculous. is their third season Outrageous. of Division One. They actually this this issue went to vote to the board of directors over the summer to reduce it. I think down to two years. Which still Bellarmine would not have qualified because last season was its second season. It did win the ASUN tournament, uh, but that failed. So it, it, still, you have a four-year period of transition. You are eligible now in your fifth year as a D1 member institution. By the way, mm. how about this for Kismet? Were you aware of this? I'm Bellarmine, aware of, you. I'm aware of everything. Okay, you are aware of this. What's the significance of today? Today's October third. Yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean in the Bellarmine universe? Oh, this the, today is the mm. today's October third, and so in the Bellarmine universe, yeah, I feel like maybe it's Pedro Bradshaw's birthday. It's not, but I know you're very desperate to talk about Pedro Bradshaw. In fact, Bellarmine, relatively young young university here, founded in 1950. On this day, this On is this the 72nd anniversary of Bellarmine University's founding. This very day, as we record this podcast, Monday, October 3rd, we did not plan this, by the way, completely coincidental. Um, but here we are talking about Bellarmine U, which was a D2 powerhouse, by the way, won the 2011 national title. For about 10 years, it was just steamrolling in the tournament. Only won one national title, but it was making multiple Final Fours, getting uh, deep into it. And then... Four Final Fours in a seven-year span from 2011 to 2017. Scotty Davenport running the show down there. By the way... It really is. The A Sun, you talk about them being in the A Sun. It's outrageous. I'm going to use a GP term. It's outrageous. It is. A Sun has 14 teams. This is a one bid league. This was an eight team league as recently as four years ago. For the better part of the 2010s, the A Sun, it knew its place. It was an eight school conference. There are 14 schools in this league. New to the league Austin P, Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky, Jacksonville State, and Queens, another school, not that Queens. Queens of not as home city of Charlotte. They just joined in. So there are 14 teams in the A-Sun. The Bellarmine A-Sun walking court. around acting like they're the Big Ten in the SEC. What's going on? They're just <laughs> trying to eat everybody up. Wait till they get a, 
uh, automatic qualifier in the college football playoff. Yeah, right. Fourteen teams. Coming. Oh boy. All right, load load us up on uh, on your Bellarmine intel and knowledge here before we get to the mailbag. Can we get out of the Bellarmine segment in fifteen minutes? That's my question. Oh, probably not. Definitely not. Because I'm doing right. I'm doing at least seven minutes on their home arena. Do you know where Bellarmine plays at their home games? I, it's uh, home games. How about this? Yes, I do. Here's the fun fact about it. They mm-hmm. play their home games where Louisville used to play Freedom Hall. That's a beloved venue for sure for Cards fans. Uh, but here's what's intriguing about it. If Duke is the biggest program to play in the smallest arena, Bellarmine GP, as you know, is the inverse. It's a school with sub 4,000 total enrollment <laughs> playing in an arena that could fit the student body five times over. <laughs> Freedom, Freedom Hall, this is per Ken Palm, is the 12th largest venue in college basketball and is Bellarmine's home arena. I love this. I, 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 I was raised on Freedom Hall. What are you talking about? There we go. I was raised on Freedom Hall. I know all about Freedom Hall. Had no idea Bellarmine played inside Freedom Hall. Had no idea basketball was even still being played inside Freedom Hall until I... Until I took a deep dive. Yeah, the Knights, I got I got some rough news for you. Lost their top three scorers from last season's team, including Dylan Penn, C.J. Fleming. And those two guys average 16.6 points per game, 15.5 points per game. Bringing back nobody who averaged more than 7.6 points per game last season. Mm. That's tough. BartTorvik.com. Oh, boy. You want a trivia timey? I have no idea. I didn't look. Were they were they projecting the overall trivia time? Can I, can I get it within thirty? Let's see if I can get it within thirty. I did not look. Um, okay, okay, okay. So I'm gonna give you two trivia times. Okay, where is Bellarmine projected at BartTorvik.com, and then specifically in the Atlantic Sun? By the way, I have. If you think we aren't doing Bellarmine over under, you're sadly mistaken. And I've got some over under stuff we got to tend to as well before we get to the mailbag. All right. Um. 14 team a son. Mm-hmm. I'll blindly say Bellarmine's eighth in Torvik. That's not low enough. Wow. 10. That's not low enough. Get out of here. This is disrespectful. This is disrespectful. Scotty Davenport is on the precipice of crossing 400 career wins. He's going to do it. He's probably going to do it in November. And this is this is disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the history of the program. Twelve to Scotty Davenport. Twelve out of fourteen. Twelve out of eleven out of fourteen. Disgrace. And so, knowing that, ay ay ay, I'll say, I'll say eleventh out of fourteen in the A Sun and Torvik gets you to two ninety three in the overall rankings. That's really uh, pretty close. Two sixty eight. That's uh, higher than I thought. There, Ugh, boy, it's rough. But we're previewing them. They need. <laughs> they. Kids. Okay, counter argument to this disrespect. Guess where the Knights were picked in the A Sun in their first season at the Division One level? Uh, last. Dead last. They went ten and three in the league, finished second behind only Liberty. So the Knights have proved their haters wrong before, and I suspect they'll do it again. They have the haters. Hi- the history, of course, they do. Uh, 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 tops among them, BartTorvik.com. <laughs> Put them at the top of the list. Yes. Yes. So they proved their haters wrong before, and I suspect they'll do it again. That's what the history of Scott Davenport tells us. Now, is there a Pedro Bradshaw on this team? No. Can you inform the people about Pedro Bradshaw? He was the leading scorer 
and face of the program as it transitioned to Division One basketball. Obviously. Yeah, that, that team that just overachieved, picked to finish last, instead finished second, Pedro Bradshaw was the heart of that. Now, is there an obvious Pedro Bradshaw on this roster? If I'm being honest with you, I don't think so. But if somebody can emerge as a modern-day Pedro Bradshaw, then maybe we maybe we got something. They open at Louisville. I noticed. I love that. Louisville's going to play in its home arena as a road game. Wait, no. Louisville's going to be in its home arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? I can't imagine Kenny Payne's going to Freedom Hall for his first game. No, you want to. Hey, listen. Former player there. Cut his teeth as a player at he Freedom Hall. Freedom Maybe he wanted to just, you know what? For old time's sake. He should go to Freedom Hall. They should, actually. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the team that calls it Freedom be, Hall. It would be a home game for Louisville if they played at Freedom Hall. The 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 team that calls Freedom Hall home will open its season at Louisville. Think about that. If you have somebody to try to tell you that in the mid-80s. That's a little rough. But you know what? I do like the fact that's happening, and they also have Kentucky on the schedule there. UCLA, uh, Clemson, Duke. Scott mm-hmm. Davenport's not shying away from scheduling. They they listen. They've they've got some they've got some big ones on the uh, on the schedule there. But yes, they uh, losing Fleming and Penn. Um, Dylan Penn went to Vermont, by the way. They combined, you know, thirty two points, seven boards, seven assists a season ago. Those are huge holes to fill. I feel like the team's probably going to take a step back this season. I have to note, I adore you for approaching this Bellarmine segment in many ways with a similar template to the other twenty teams that we did. <laughs> I just I think it's wonderful. Trivia time. Let's go. What radio host once coached Bellarmine from 1995 to 1998? That's got to be Bob Valvano. How about that? There we go. I might have looked at the all-time coaching records before we did this. I might have. Don't give me credit for that one because I I did. I learned it in the previous 24 hours. Um, They've got this guy, Kurt Hopf. Seems like a future all-league player, right? If he stays with the program long enough, doesn't transfer out. Uh, One of the best freshmen in the league last season. And then they've got Alec Freem, who's going to come back after injuring his hip. He missed the final 10 to 12 games. Justin Betzel will also be back. A new face to know. GP already knows it. Peter Suter. Freshman wing. Might be, uh, might be a starter there. And then they've got this other fresh... Uh, or he's a, he was a fresh uh, freshman who projects... Ben Johnson last year was in high school and was like one of the best scores in all of Kentucky high school basketball. So maybe he'll be in the starting lineup as well. Um, but I don't know, GP. I we're going to get to the over 100 here in a second. But when I see that schedule, when I see there might not be a Pedro on this roster, it's, it's, tough. Hard for me, it's hard for me to get too enthusiastic about the Knights. It's tough. It's tough. Now, be skeptical of Scott Davenport's Knights at your own risk. Mm. They've been proven haters wrong for more than a decade now. But you lose Dylan Penn. Who can lose Dylan Penn and CJ Fleming in the same year? And just like keep it rocking and rolling where they were. Eh, it's the question tough. that's been looming over the sport for the past five months. This is what people have been talking about. That's right. It's something we probably should have included in our Candid Coaches series. That's when our you, bad. That's on us. That is on us. I will. I will accept responsibility for that's that. That's on us. I, I'm not even. I'm not saying it's on. It's not even on you. It's not on us. It's on me. That's on me. That's on me and only me. Over under. You got more. If you got more on the roster, fire away before I get to this over under. I just like saying Pedro Bradshaw over and over again. PDB. All right, here's the deal. Um, 
in some walks of my life, I'm a completist. Are you a completist in any way? Do you have completist tendencies? What does that mean? Define that, please. A completist is someone who engages in something, a hobby, and needs to uh, finish it off. If you're a completist uh, and you like watching television shows, you would have a very hard time not finishing a show even if you didn't like it. Or if you're a completist and you love a certain artist, you have to own every single physical piece of like official studio material they've ever released or stuff like that. So if you're a completist, you just like to uh, you know, make sure there's, there's no missing pieces in something that you have an affinity for. I think I'm not a completist. I think I'm an incompletist. Okay. Because I give up on TV shows all the time. Yeah. Like uh, Handmaid's Tale. Watched like two seasons. Then she ran back in. She like got out, then ran back in. I was like, you know what? That doesn't make any sense to me. I'm done with I, this. I never, haven't seen an episode. So, okay. That's good to know. Are you a completist with your Mets? Do you need to watch every Mets game? Oh, do you God. need to follow I'm or good. watch? I, listen, I, we're, not, we're not careening off the, the Royals here, but do you either need to watch or follow so on the phone, every single Mets game, are you a Mets completist? As long as they're still in contention, yes, absolutely. I would say if you're a completist, it doesn't matter if they're in contention or not. If they're a bad well, team, they, you have to watch. No. I, I mean, I, I'll have it on, but I don't because it'll be, you know, DeGrom's pitching or they brought a prospect up. Like I remember a few years ago, they bring up uh, Ahmed Rosario when they, I think, weren't in contention. But it was like, hey, they brought up this shortstop prospect, so I'll watch because of him. But uh as long as they're in contention, I watch. If they're out of contention, I can, you know, I can do other things. All right. The reason why I bring up uh, yeah, I was wondering. being a completist is that we started this summer shoot around and beginning at the Duke episode, we did over-unders. So there are some schools that we didn't do that it's bugging me that we didn't do. So we're going to do over-unders for Bellarmine and then oh, the no. six. I got everything. We're going to roll through it real quick. I got it all. Okay. First of all, Bellarmine. Bellarmine. What's going to be their regular season win total going into the ASUN tournament? How many wins is this team going to have? 40. I got my number. Do you want me to go first? Yes, because I'm I got to do some research on that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say Bellerman's going to take a step back. It's going to be a sub 500 season for Scotty Davenport and they're going to go 15 and 16. Give me 15 wins for the Bellerman Knights in 22-23. I would never predict Bellerman to go under 500. That's outrageous behavior. Feeling outrageous on a Monday. Yeah, so I'll do uh I'll do seven, I'll do eighteen. Oh yeah. Eighteen and thirteen. Is that where I'm at? Eighteen and thirteen would be where you're at. Heading yep. into the ace in turn. Okay. And Before, then they win it and then they win it again. Oh gosh. And then they're left out again for reasons that make no sense to anybody other than you and the people who continue to put these stupid rules in place. All right, real quick here. Six schools, over unders, real quick. I already got my numbers here. Alabama. They're going to go at, hey, props to Alabama. You know what? Hold on a second. You know what? It's been too long here. Let's get a little, oh, yeah. Let's get a little bumper music for the over-unders, baby. Oh, no. Let's go. Alabama. They're going to, they're going to play at South Alabama. Props to NATO. It's going at South Alabama. I dig it. You you guys see what happens when I don't play in the podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) Here here we are. We got bumper music and we're doing over-unders for teams that got nothing to do with what we're talking about. Michigan State, then Oregon or UConn. Then either North Carolina or Nova. Then they're at Houston. They're going to play Memphis versus Gonzaga and Birmingham and at Oklahoma. Alabama over under. I'm going 20 wins for the Tide. 20 and 11 for the Tide. In the SEC, PK85. Roadies at Houston. At Oklahoma. Going to play Memphis, Gonzaga, and Birmingham. Over under, GP. Here we go. Let's go. Hmm. 
21 and 10. All right. Arizona, five games of note. They're going to be in Maui and play Cincinnati. Then they got Ohio State or San Diego State. The other side of the bracket is Creighton, Texas Tech, and Arkansas. They're going to play Indiana and Vegas. Tennessee is the return to Tucson. They're going to play Ark. Then uh, that's it. That's it. Arkansas is next. Um, it's not that many games. I know only five for Arizona. Maybe an indication that Tommy Lloyd isn't so ambitious about his team in season two. There isn't, listen, Maui's a beast, but there's no roadie here. I'm going to go 22 and nine. Arizona. I'll go slightly higher. 24 Ooh. and 7. Do they win Maui? Yes or no? Who else is in Maui? Ohio State, San Diego State, Creighton, Texas Tech, Arkansas, Cincinnati, no, Loaded Field. No. Okay. I would Arkansas. take the field over any one team in that. Have to. I take the field probably over any two teams. It's a loaded field. All right. Couple more. Arkansas. They're in Maui. They open with Louisville. Texas Tech are creating on the other side of the bracket. Then all they have is Oklahoma and Tulsa on December 10th. Look, GP. Arkansas. They've got Maui, Oklahoma, and Tulsa, and then at Baylor. Five games of no. And really, it's only four because Louisville and Maui, I wouldn't say even qualifies this season. Year one under Kenny Payne. Kind of surprising for a Hogs team in the SEC can compete to win the SEC championship. Arkansas regular season total wins. With that in mind, what are you saying? 25 and 6. Ooh, how about this? I think this is my third most aggressive one. I'm going to say Arkansas goes 27 and 5 this season. I'm a believer in the roster, and there's not enough on the non-com where I think they're going to pile it up there. Okay? Three more. Auburn. How about this? They've got a decent array of mid-majors. They're going to play St. Louis, Memphis, and Atlanta. They're at USC. At Washington, at West Virginia. I'm going 21 and 10 for Bruce Pearl's Tigers. I think they lost a ton. This is a challenging non-conference schedule and a really good SEC. I actually think Auburn takes a relatively big step back. 23 and 8. Baylor corresponded with Scott Drew this very morning. They start the season. Baylor's going to play the first game of the season. Did you know that? The very first game. They tip off at 11 local against Mississippi Valley State. I said, why do you do that? How about this? He said, because we bring all of the local elementary schools to come there. They get to watch the game. They get the college experience from an early age. We want to set them on the right path to say, like, college is something you should aspire to, want to go to, right? So they bring in, you know, dozens and dozens of elementary school uh, students to be able to come watch the game early. Then they can get back to school in time to catch the bus home. I think that's pretty awesome. Not a game of note, but Baylor will be the first game of this season. Here are the ones to note. Virginia and Vegas. Then they'll get either UCLA or Illinois two days later in Vegas in November. They're going to be at Marquette. This is GP. This is insane. Virginia, then UCLA or Illinois. Two teams that top 25, top 30 level. At Marquette versus Gonzaga in South Dakota versus Washington State in Dallas and then versus Arkansas on January 29th. About as interesting of a non-conference as any team we talked about in our summer shoot-around. Yeah, that's tough. That's a lot. That is. I'm going to go... I struggled with this number. Yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 22 and nah, I'm going to go 23 and eight, but good enough to at least share the big 12 title. I'm going to go 24 and seven. And I almost went 23. The only reason why I'm going 24. Okay. Let me, let me go. Let me go. Let me, 
I want to go. Tw- what did you just go? 24. I almost went 23. The only reason why I'm going 24 is I think Keontae George might be the freshman of the year. Okay. I would like to revise. Okay. Revise. I would like to go 24 and seven. All right. So we're on the same. I almost went 23. And I was like, I don't, I just don't want, I don't want anybody in the Drew family thinking that you love them more than I love them. Okay. Fair enough. Last one, Creighton. Last one we didn't do. And I appreciate you going through this exercise so I can be complete about this. They have seven games of note. That's as much as any team we talked about. They're all, they're also in Maui. It feels like there's 25 teams in Maui. Literally every team we talked about in the summer shoot around uh, is in Maui, except for San Diego State. Sorry, Aztec fans. Uh, they'll play Texas Tech. Then they'll get Louisville, Arkansas, then the other side of the bracket with all the other teams we talked about before. They're going to go at Texas December 1st. December 4th, they're playing Nebraska. That's a home game for Creighton. They'll play BYU in Vegas on December 10th. Two days later, they'll play Arizona State in Vegas. And then they're going to play a Christmas game against DePaul. That's a league game. It's, it's only of note because I was told that the Big East and Fox wanted to have a Big East game on Christmas, and the only two teams that were willing to do it were Creighton against DePaul, December 25th. Santa says hello. You've got Creighton win the Big East. Got him highly ranked. Go back and listen to that Blue Jays summer shoot around if you have not already. Very intriguing team. What's your over under on the Blue Jays regular season win total here? 25 and six. By the way, Ooh. I would not play on Christmas either if I were college basketball. I agree. Like what? Like you're going up against the NFL and the NBA. So you're not getting this national pop that you think you're getting. People are watching the NBA and the NFL or like, you know, being with their families. Like taking people away from their family. I don't care. I'm not outraged by it. It doesn't matter to me at all. I'm not trying to criticize anybody. I'm just saying, but taking players away from their families and coaches and staffs away from their families um, just to get this game that, you know, relatively, you know, relatively speaking, will just be completely overshadowed by Christmas itself. Plus the NFL plus NBA. I just, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's worth it. Um, I I don't know. I don't have the schedule in front of me. My guess is Fox has a Christmas day game and this is going to lead into it. And so the number itself will validate having it scheduled on that day because it's at Christmas and it's NFL or whatever. But I'm with you 100% on that. What was your number? 25? 25 and 6. I will go... Man... I'm going to go 23 and 8 for Creighton. I'm going to go 23 and 8. Echo back what I said on that on that show. I do think they'll be a good team. I'm not sold on them winning the Big East. Those are all of our over-unders. I will post them eventually so you can look at them and uh, and see where we're at there. And that is the Bellerman portion. I cannot wait to get this mailbag, GP. Take it away. You you sure are a completist. That's right. <laughs> we'll dive into the mailbag next, but first a word from our partners. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Deadleg. We took questions um, from Twitter, from email. What's the email address people can use again to send questions in whenever we do this next time? Shouts to CBS at gmail.com. Uh Big time response. So thank you to everyone that sent. Uh, we There are way too many for us to ever get to. We actually got some good ones we're not going to address on the show here today, maybe for the future, but uh, my suspicion wound up being right. We got a lot of response from people who just don't use social media, but they are available to hit us up over email. So thank you. That's shouts to CBS, simple enough to remember, at gmail.com for whenever we do this again. All right. You want me to go first? You go. Yeah, you go first. Okay. Hello, GP and Norlander. That's the way it began. My name's Caitlin Calligan. I live in Madison, Wisconsin. I've been a diehard college hoops fan for about seven years. My love of the sport initially was focused on just the Badgers, but then I came interested in the Big Ten, and now I follow the entire sport year-round. My favorite thing about college hoops is the difference in style of play amongst teams. Recently, I've been reflecting on how a team's trademark style of play can be attributed to their coach and often their coach's past coaching experience, whether this experience comes from family or from being an assistant coach. For example... As a Wisconsin fan, I know a thing or two about low-possession games. Greg Gard implements a version of the swing offense, which Bo Ryan implemented before him and Dick Bennett before Bo. And then, interestingly enough, Dick Bennett's son, the respectable Tony Bennett, has the Wahoos running a very similar style. Thinking about this chain reaction in coaching styles, coach's son styles, and assistant coach's styles is what led me to my question, which is this. What head coaches in college basketball history do you think had the most significant chain reaction impact on style of play. This is, first of all, shouts to all of our female listeners. We got a number of uh, suggestions and emails. Uh, so um, appreciate that. We want you well represented uh, here on the show. In the reviews, be, be sure to review, follow us, all that good stuff here. This is a really good question. Um, and it's it's not so much as a tough one as, as GP. There's a lot, of, a lot of candidates and nominees. The I'll first give- one that popped into my head, Yes. Was Nolan Richardson, Mike Anderson, 40 minutes of hell. Ooh, that was the first one. Like the Nolan, first- Nolan implemented that style, and Mike was his longtime assistant. They won a national title together, and then Mike was very successful um, with that style at UAB, at Missouri, um, at Arkansas, and now, you know, Golden Gate Mike at St. John's. Golden Gate Mike, of course. The first one that popped into my head was Bob Knight because he had the motion offense, which was replicated at every level of the sport. And though not nearly as popular now as it was in the 70s, 80s, and into 90s, I think you could make the case that the motion offense was the single most transformative basketball philosophy that was adopted at every level ever introduced in the sport. So I would say Bob Knight, and that from there you've got... Coach K didn't run the motion forever, but obviously Coach K is a disciple. Chris Beard... Uh, would fall under Bob Knight's tree, Steve Alford, Murray Bartow, Mike Woodson is now coaching there. Um, so the tree isn't expansive with a bunch of like huge big name coaches, but the philosophy itself was one of my interpretations. Another name that I actually thought about um, was Dean Smith. Now it's not, to, to Caitlin's question, it's not so much um, Dean Smith disciples so much as Dean Smith was embracing tempo-free stats and really analytics before that term was even recognized in basketball for decades. So when you, Dean Smith is obviously known for a lot of what he did 
in terms of racial integration and and a lot of social impact, rightfully so, all the winning clearly and getting Carolina to such a, a, a lofty level. But those in basketball will tell you that Dean Smith was thinking about things from a strategy standpoint that, frankly, most college basketball coaches weren't even touching or thinking about for years and years and years after he did. Uh, two more for me. Uh, Pete Carrill with the Princeton offense. Uh, that was used at the NBA level as it was at college and below. And you, uh, JT3 at Georgetown was probably the most successful um, protege, if you will. Uh, Chris Mooney still runs it. Um, Joe Scott ran it at Air Force. Still, People still use it. And then Jim Beheim with the zone defense, just in terms of everyone that has been under Jim Beheim's uh, watch and then gone on to get another job. They have run the zone defense. You know, it's it's it, it. He has a patent on that as much as Bob Knight had the patent on the motion offense. As far as I'm concerned, uh, two three zone defense is not uh, prominent in college basketball these days. There are some teams that run it exclusively, but the number is low. And more than anything, it's it's uh, it's almost a trick to pull out of the bag with some coaches. But um, you know, when we talk about coaching styles that had influence or certainly became affiliated with coaches, the four that came to mind for me were Knight, Smith, which he's kind of outside the realm of the question, but I thought he was worth uh, including Kirill and then Beheim. What about you? Um, yeah, like Nolan and, and Richardson was a good one, I think, with, with what Mike Anderson took from him or, or borrowed from him or however you want to phrase that and, you know, used it successfully, you know, to, to carve out a, a, a pretty long and respectable head coaching career um i I don't know that his disciples so to speak like uh replicated the style of play but rick patino was you know one of the first college coaches to really embrace the three-point shot and understand just the math on it great call that's a great call yes yes and so i don't know that all of everybody who who coached for rick um you know copied his style um but Certainly, he he had an impact on the sport that a lot of people have tried to replicate, whether they ever worked for Rick Pitino or, or not. So he he's a great one. All right. My question here, I, I'm interested on in your thoughts on this one. So uh, this comes from uh, Matt from Philly here. Love the pod and the summer shoot around series has been awesome. Question. You often reference when talking about a new coach at a school or just in general that the coaching job is, quote, a top X gig in America, end quote. What would you say are the top 10 to 15 coaching gigs in the country? Thanks, gents. Best, Matt. The official Justin Moore return from injury tracker. Hey, Matt, come find us when you have more progress on the Justin Moore stuff. I have them in order, GP. I thought about this last night, and I have them. Ready for it? Okay, I've got 15, too. I typed here. Let's see how many we match on. Yeah, let's see how many we match on. Now, I am taking into account, obviously, the history of the school the conference it's located in, the actual location of the school and place, you know, cost of living, everyday living, where you live in the country, the resources at the school, the commitment for the school, where does basketball fall? Are you the top priority? Are you the second priority? Are you the third priority? Budget potential, all of it. I'm trying to take all of it into account here. This is my own, this is my personal list. For me, these are one through 15. One, Carolina. Two, Kansas. Three, Kentucky, four, Duke. Then I draw a line. Summer shoot-around listeners will remember, and Matt will as well because he listened to the Villanova episode, that I made the case Villanova has a sneaky case to be the fifth best job in the country. I actually put Villanova at six. If you want to hear my reasons why, go back and listen to the Villanova episode. I have Arizona five, Villanova six, UCLA seven, Indiana eight, Louisville nine, 
draw another line. So that's my second tier. One, two, so, three, four. So far, I have every one of those. But not in the same order, right? Maybe a little bit of a jumble? Maybe, but like, okay. I mean, I, I didn't list them in any order. I just okay. banged out 15. But okay. I have all nine of those. And here's 10 through 15. And he, Texas at 10. Michigan State, Michigan State at 11. I've got that. I've got Gonzaga at 12. I've got that. I've got Michigan at 13. I've got Michigan. Wow, we are 13 for 13. Next two, I want. I feel like we're going to split on one of these, but I don't know. I've got UConn at 14. I do not have UConn. You don't have UConn. Maybe I live in, you know, I'm, I'm no UConn alum, no UConn fan, so to speak, but I do live in the state. So maybe there's some influence there, but I'll make the case in a second. And then 15. And this would not have been my answer. I don't even think I don't even know if it would have been my answer as recently as a year ago. But given what the school has been able to do, the outrageous fan support, one of the best home arenas in the country, the history, you just mentioned a former coach there. I've got Arkansas 15. I've got Arkansas as well. So who do you uh, let me try and guess? Let me see if I can guess in three guesses. Who do you have that I don't have? Um Damn, GP. We got 14 out of 15 of the same. Who do you have? Let me just bring up Ken Palm here. Let me look at last year's standings. Who do you have that I would not have? Because um, I'm thinking about the schools that I considered. Like, It's not top 15, but Marquette's a sneaky good job. You know what? My first guess of this... In the, uh, my first guess is Ohio State. That's right. Okay, the only reason why I did not put Ohio State in the, in the group is that the arena is too big. The fan support is just okay. And I was debating between UConn, Arkansas, Ohio State, Florida, Marquette. And to me, while there are pros to this, Ohio State and Florida are not basketball first. Arkansas, while it's doing fine in football, right? It is a basketball university and they fervently support that university. UConn as well. Women's team is amazing as well. There's no pro team in Connecticut. So uh, living here, like you can tell just how important it is. And now it's back in the Big East. It's got four national championships there. So I went with UConn, but I, I understand your case for Ohio. Some other ones I had as possibilities, Maryland. Oregon. Maryland's up there. Maryland, I think, is top 20. I considered it, but I didn't put it. I wasn't like, I wasn't close on it. At Oregon. Yeah, I can I can see it. I mean, it's, it's Oregon. So probably for similar reasons why I'd be high in football. Yeah. All the, mo all the money in the world, um, yeah. Nike connection. You know, I, I think you could make a case that that's a, that's a great job, even if um, it might not be perceived uh, that way. But our lists are, are, are roughly the same. And like, I, I think anybody I have in the top 15 that you don't, you would also have in the top 20. Uh, so we're not, we're not too far off there. All right, let's go to the next one. Um, I'm not sure who this question comes from. I apologize. Maybe I cut the name off. That's on me. Haven't missed an episode since October of 2018. Oh, man, I've missed episodes since October 2018. <laughs> <laughs> so have I. By the way, this is from Cole from Kansas. It's uh, yeah. Okay. I still listen to the old school way. Fun hypothetical question. If both of you were five-star prospects, which schools would you commit to and why? You go first. I go to UCLA. Ooh. Great okay. school. Uh, amazing city. Incredible weather. Greatest coach in UCLA history, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I for I, I uh, if I could, if I could go back and do it over again, I would pick my college based on weather. So, like my other one here is like Miami. I'm going to Miami. I can try to get some of that John Ruiz money. Okay, <laughs> Coach L. Yeah, me, Coach L. Get some. It's all about Ruiz. the weather and the money for you. 
Yes, I just want money and great weather. Okay. That's all I want. Still to this day, that's all I want is money and great weather. I think you're doing okay for yourself there. Okay, so UCLA is your pick. I thought way too long about this one. This one was this one was tough for me. Um, I considered coach. Who would I be playing for? Location, tradition, chance to make the NBA. I want to be taller. I would want to be taller than my coach. That's another reason I would pick UCLA. Oh, boy. Is that true? Are you taller than Mick Cronin? I don't know. It's close. It's a scandal. <laughs> we need to find this out. We need to find this out. I don't. I'm not convinced. I'll There's go back. Hit. I'll go back to back with Mick. Me and Mick. Next time we're in the same building, we're going head. To, we're going back to back. All right. UCLA. I did consider UCLA. I think so. I, I basically took this question to mean if I was a rising senior, if I was a senior in high school right now and I'd be playing next year at this school, I think. I weather doesn't. Yeah, it's nice. It just doesn't mean that much to me. I grew up in Vermont. I, I actually like the winters. I like the snow and all that good stuff. Um, so I think I'd go Gonzaga. I'm if I'm a five again, I'm a five. According to Cole in Kansas, I'm a five star prospect. I'm guaranteed to start get huge minutes. I'll play in four to six, at least high profile games in November and December. I'm guaranteed to pat stat in the conference. Now I'll disappear for a large portion of the schedule, but I'm I'm also virtually guaranteed to have a great seed in the NCAA tournament and have a great shot at making the second weekend. Gonzaga's made, what, six, seven Sweet 16s in a row. They've sent guys to the pros. They've had, you know, top five picks. So it was, and plus playing for few, he just is not the kind of coach, like he's going to coach you hard. Don't get me wrong. Like they're going to hold their guys accountable, but the environment around that town, around that program, you're going to get to have like a pretty well-balanced all-around college experience there so this was gp I, I literally like sat there for like 10 minutes trying to pick what's let's be clear i'm now in my 40s i'm not going to play but i was like thinking about it i was like well damn because and they're this coach eh, this one so gonzaga would be my choice but it was actually a really uh it was a really hard call that's a really good question i really appreciated that one okay next one mm. i really like this one and we're gonna give this listener we're gonna give him his school he's got he's got a two-parter here he said i'm tuned tordor from Hall, Holly, Brussels, Belgium. Shouts to the international listeners. That's another thing with all these emails. We got people, we, we're spanning the globe, GP. I love to hear this. Um, he actually said, to, to answer the question popping in your mind, no, you will not pronounce my name even remotely correctly. So I've apparently already butchered this dude's name. Apologies. Yeah, how, how, how else would you say it other than the way you just said it? Tune, Tuon, uh, Tone, Torger. I don't know. But feel free to email us, Tune, and apologies if I, again, if I'm just slandering your name. Uh, huge fan of your podcast. It always makes my week to listen to you guys. We always appreciate these notes. Thank you. Uh, he said, I've been following NCAA basketball for some years now, but I've never chosen a school to root for. It might be fun if you guys pick a school for me based on some parameters. Uh, I don't like Top Shots, which you know he's international. Who calls who call, who call, <laughs> Top Shots? Love it. Uh, I like the underdogs. Uh, became a fan of the Detroit Pistons because of the Billups-led championship team. But due to being a Pistons fan, it would be nice if the program could be in the Final Four in the next five years. I'm kind of tired of tanking and losing. I admire great team defense, and a good head coach is a must. I was thinking Texas Tech or Baylor, but open to other suggestions. He said, also, will Tom Izzo retire or go to the Final Four first? Well, he's already made the Final Four, So, but I understand the question you're saying. I'm going to answer this real quick. <sighs> I'm going to say Izzo retires. He's been to the Final Four eight times, GP. Most recently, 2019, when they ended the career of uh, Zion, RJ, and Cam Reddish there. But eight times, that's that's absurd. Agree or disagree that Izzo will retire before Michigan State makes it back to another Final Four? 
I disagree. I think he'll make it back. Do you realize this? This is nine times. Okay. Do you realize he's never gone more than four seasons in a row without making the final four? Is that still the stat? Because the whole thing for a long time was if you played at it was, I think it was literally factual because they made the final four in 99. If you committed to play for Tom Izzo at Michigan State and you stayed all four years, you were guaranteed to play in a final four. That's still a fact. Yeah, I don't think that's true because they have gone four seasons without making a final four, but they've never gone more than four seasons in a row without making a final four. So he's 67 years old now. I'm going to let him coach another five years. And that's, uh, and that, you know, based on his career, you know, based on history, he should make it back at some point. It wouldn't stun me if Izzo became like the next Jay Wright is my only thing. Like if we're talking a year from now and he retired after, I'm not saying that he will, but it just won't stun me if that were to happen. So that's what leads me to say this. Like he's constantly vocal about, you know, the kids these days and social media and he hates Twitter and all this stuff and you know, whatever it's, it's, it's classic. So that's the only reason why I say it, but he's been eight times. It's insane. Trivia time. Okay. Well, let's go. There are four coaches who have made four, who have made more final fours than Tom Izzo. Name them. Scott Davenport. This is what we call vamping from GP. Come on now. Um, okay. So, uh, John Wooden. Yep. Mike Krzyzewski. Yep. What's the number for K? Remember? We talked about it a lot. If you don't remember, I'll give it to you. This isn't part of the trivia time. Is it 12? Yeah, he broke the tie with Wooden. K got to 13 in his final year. Yeah, Wooden yeah, is 13. 12. Yes. Okay. So it's Mike Krzyzewski, John Wooden. Um, is it Bob Knight? Not Bob Knight. One of the two other coaches have been mentioned on this podcast this here today. Legendary coach. They're both legendary. Golden Gate Mike? <laughs> um, this coach play uh the oh, Dean Smith. No, 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 I don't is it Dean Smith? Dean Smith went to eleven. Okay. And if Dean Smith is eleven, who would the fourth one be? I, I should know this because I look at this kind of crap all the time. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why this school is my number one job in the country. Roy Williams. That's right. Roy Williams has been to nine, Dean 11, Wooden 12, K13. Okay, let's assign Tune a team. He wants an underdog. I thought about this. I I actually love these mailback questions here. Uh, They're good thought experiments. All right, he wants the Detroit Pistons of college hoops, but he also wants a team that can make the final four reasonably in the next five years. Loves team defense. Coach has to be good. Tech is actually, Texas Tech is a good candidate. Baylor's a front running pick. You can't pick Baylor. They don't qualify. You can't pick Baylor as an underdog after Baylor just won a national title. Can't. Um, All right, so Texas Tech is a good candidate. I've got got four four schools for him. And Texas Tech is one of them. Okay. 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 Un- you gotta, have- and so his criteria is basically it's got to be traditionally an underdog school yeah. with a great coach that also has a chance to go to a final four in the next five years. I got so, four so I have four schools as well, but the one that I'm not going to give you, but I will qualify as San Diego State. Good team defense, good coach, not in a power league. So you're not like, I don't know how often you're able to watch these games over in Belgium, but you'll get some tech games, some text games, I should say, Aztecs, but I don't know. So my other two. Neither program has a national title. One hasn't been to a Final Four since 05. 
The other one has never been to a Final Four. So my other two are Illinois and Xavier. I mean, Illinois last made the Final Four in 05. Then before that was 89. Before that, it was the 1950s. Xavier's never made the Final Four, and neither has Sean Miller. Xavier is all in on basketball. Illinois, if it ever got it, like, like he's been doing a good job. But if you got it really rolling, that's a top 50. It wasn't on my list of top 15 jobs. That's a top 15 job in the sport if you got it rolling. Those programs, in addition to Tech, here's my thinking, GP. Illinois. Xavier, Texas Tech. They're all led by undeniably really good coaches who, in my estimation, for at least the next five years, should be running the show. A lot can change. I get that. Like, Wisconsin just fired his football coach. I understand that. But I would be surprised if Sean Miller isn't at Xavier, Brad Underwood isn't at Illinois, or Mark Adams isn't at Texas Tech when we looked up October 3rd, 2027. Adams is 66 and waited his whole life to be a D1 coach. He feels like he'll try and take it into his 70s before retiring there. My pick is Xavier because it's a quasi-quasi-slight underdog status nationally, but super proud history in a great league. Could emerge as a perennial top 25 program under Miller. It's involved in a top five rivalry in the sport. You get the Cincinnati game every single year. And it's also a smaller private school. So you, so it's not like everyone's going to be rooting for this team. You've got a little bit of a tribal aspect to it as well. Uh, and until Travis Steele, by the way, you're in the tournament almost every single year. So Xavier was my recommendation, but I want your thoughts and your thinking on this. I had Texas Tech as an option. Had San Diego State as an option. Ooh, okay. Rutgers. Okay. <laughs> it looks like Rutgers would be in a Rutgers fan would be fun lately. Uh, I mean, in the past the, 20 minutes. The rack is great. What do they call that place now? The rack. No, they call it something else. They call it Jersey Mike's Arena, which has Jersey been a Mike's Arena. Pot, so it's Jersey Mike's Arena. <laughs> Jersey Mike's Arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, but here's my pick. Okay. And I know what you're going to say. Like, uh, how could they be an underdog? They've been great. But this is a true, this is for the past 20 years been an underdog program. But they haven't won, a, if they've won a title, they don't qualify. Are you about to pick a school that won a title? Houston. Ooh, valid. Great valid. coach, great defense, and tough blue collar program. Going to the Big 12. Going to the Big 12. Houston Cougars. That's my pick. Houston's another one. All right. We're leaving. He asked us to pick, but we we diverged on that. We technically both had Texas Tech and San Diego State, so those ones we agreed on. But we have our art. Your choice is Houston. Mine was Xavier. Tune, go research, go look it up. Those are the two schools. Uh, if you're listening and you want to give an opinion, for sure, be, be sure to do that. But that was a cool little... If you weren't a fan of a college basketball team, I never thought about in those terms. Uh, those are our picks. All right. Next question. Go ahead. Uh, started listening in the summer of 2017 and haven't missed a single episode since. I've missed multiple episodes since. <laughs> got got two questions. Uh, this is from Eli in uh, in our nation's capital. I was reminiscing with some friends recently about uh, seasons from days past. We were trying to remember all of the number one overall seeds from the past 20 years or so. After being stumped for a while in 2014, we looked it up and saw that it was Florida. None of us, I repeat, none of us have any memory of this Florida team. So we researched further, and lo and behold, they went 18-0 in the SEC and only had two regular season losses. Are we the crazy ones? Has there ever been a more forgettable dominant team mm. than the 2014 Florida team? You know what's funny? is because, And I'll get to a second question in a second. Okay. I don't have any real recollection of this. 
Oh, I they do. went thirty. Yeah. They went third. I mean, I remember them going undefeated in the SEC, but like they went thirty-six and three, eighteen and zero in the SEC, won the SEC tournament. So they went twenty-one and zero against SEC teams that year. Yeah, made the final four. So it's not That's like right. bowed out early. They lost to UConn, and then UConn, of course, beat Kentucky to win the title. Yes, but like the top five scores from that team were Casey Prather. Love it, Scotty Wilbekin. Of course. Michael Frazier, Patrick Young, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. Like, I like that is a pretty forgettable, awesome college basketball team. It is. I went back, so I looked at the past 20 seasons of NCAA tournaments. And if we're going to define dominant teams as one seeds, you know, I looked. It's the, the 2013 Florida team is the most nondescript. That's 14, 2014. Yeah, I said 13-14. Like, they started right. the season 13. Um, it's the most nondescript three-loss team ever. 36-3. and three. Un- I, I agree with you. I saw them in person because they beat Dunk City, and then I saw them. They played in Jerry World, and they, that's where they played the regionals there, and then they made the Final Four. And then, yeah, like, that 14 UConn team is, like, one of the worst ever to win a national title, and that was, like, a little bit of a slog fest. So I, I, I get you on that. Um, I have the most forgettable one seeds of the past 20 seasons, if you want them. Okay. I went and looked. And let's see. Th- this will be the this will be Ooh. the trick. See if I can remember anything about them. I think there's a chance because there are things attached to some of these teams that you will. Yes, but but you got got to figure if you're a one seed, like think about how good you have to be a one seed. So it's not an easy task. Flor- Florida's the answer to this. Past twenty tournaments, so it starts in 03 up through this past year. Mm-hmm. Two thousand three Oklahoma, twenty seven and seven. What do you remember about 03 Oklahoma? No, Blake Griffin did not play for that team. That's unfortunate. Because that's the but only there is thing. A, there is a there is a a player who has been mentioned on this pod plenty of times. He's 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 almost Devin Downey level. Two thousand three Oklahoma. Yep. Um, I guess that's Kelvin. That is Kelvin. Uh, Seven loss team. Two thousand three Oklahoma. Is that like was is that Tony Allen? Uh, no, Tony Allen played Oklahoma State. What am I thinking of? Um, yeah, I don't I don't remember anything about that team. Hollis Price, Kevin Bookout. Not ringing a bell. I mean, I know who those people are, but I don't remember this. Love me some Hollis Price, man. Love me some Hollis Price. But there you go. Two thousand five Washington, one seed, twenty nine and six. What is two thousand five Washington most remembered for? I'm just going to try to know the coaches. Lorenzo Romar? <laughs> yes, Lorenzo Romar. I don't know who played on that team. Nate Robinson? Yeah, I know Nate. Come on, it, short King, fellow Short King? Yeah, I know Nate. How about that? Like, I have a yeah. memory of being at the Nike All-American camp in Indianapolis. I love it. A, I mentioned 05 Washington, there's nothing. And then the, I mentioned Nate Robinson, and the visions just come flooding back. from yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we're at the hotel. And I, I'd taken my wife, and we drove up, and uh, we, t- I took my wife and my baby boy at the time, who's now, you know, nineteen years old. Um, and I remember him and Nate, play- like Nate just came over and started playing with him. He's probably like two, and Nate came over and started. I have a memory of Nate Robinson playing with my baby boy because they were the same size. Terrible. <laughs> Brandon Roy was also on that. I was going to say Brandon Roy, but I didn't want to just blurt out the the best Washington player ever. If that's what he is. Two more teams. Recent 2016 Mm -hmm. Oregon was a one seed 31 and seven actually made the final four the next year as a three seed 2016 Oregon 
Is it Dylan Brooks? What springs to mind when you think 2016 Oregon? Dylan Coach Brooks? K talking to Dylan Brooks? That is Coach K talking to Dylan Brooks. That's correct. correct. Yep. Tyler Dorsey, Chris Boucher on that team. Jordan Bell on that team. And then uh, we also mentioned this program. Uh, 2018 Xavier went 29 and 6. Um, you know, the, the thing with Xavier of that, it was the first time Xavier got a one seed. But anything you remember about that Xavier team from four that, years ago? Was that Chris Mack's final year? It was. It was what got him the Louisville job. J.P. Makura, Trayvon Blewett, who I actually really, really liked. That team, though, got swept by Providence, just okay Providence team, and uh, was non-competitive against Villanova that year, uh, but wound up getting the one seed. So those are the ones, those are the other ones, but it, Florida's the answer in terms of like a really, really, really good team record-wise. And Florida like rated highly, like third or fourth in Ken Palm that year. That, uh, that was largely forgettable. You said there was a second half to this question. What do we Yeah, got? Eli, second question. Um, as mentioned, I'm a very loyal listener, he writes, and yet I don't always feel the love because I'm mm. one of them. Ah, we don't we need to agree. By the way, we got a couple notes in the, in the mailbox about, about them, just to let you know. He says the them listeners could use a shout out to feel appreciated too. Could we get, I'll shout out the thems. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not against the thems. Neither am I. I'm not against the thems. I just, there are just more of us than yeah. there are of them. That's all I've ever said. It, yeah. it was really the thems being against us is where this originated from. The thems yeah. were against us. Because we were it, it more hostile than it needed to be, but you know when there's when there's pent up aggression, we can understand why they come from this. <laughs> yeah, so. the thems the thems came for us. We were just saying, hey, we like premarital sex. We yeah. enjoyed it. There you we know, go. we enjoyed it. You should be safe about it, but we enjoyed it. And uh, then the thems they started coming for us, and I was like, hold up, thems, you're not going to make me feel bad. There's more of us than there are of you, and I still believe that to be true to this day. Before I get to my next question, we do have... Sonata has two video submissions because I did say you could send in a 10 to 15 second video. So I don't know what's coming. Nada, get get ready to cue these up. I These better be 10 to 15 seconds. They better not be a Norlander or a GP length kind of question here. But if you have them, let's hear the first one here. Um, GP, I have a question for you. Why do you hate Illinois? Um, I don't understand where that comes from. Uh, Shouts to Terry Teagle. It's been a minute to give us some praise. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I don't hate Illinois, but <laughs> Illinois fans are on me because where does that come from? Well, because I don't have Illinois in the top twenty-five and one, and Illinois fans think that's an egregious error, and it might be. <laughs> that was amazing. Hold on, I gotta hear that one more time, please, Nada. Do you have it? Can I hear that again? He just. Um, GP, I have a question for you. Why do you hate Illinois? Um, I don't understand where that comes from. Uh, Shouts to Terry Teagle. It's been a minute to give us some praise. Thank you, guys. It has been a minute for Terry Teagle, but you know, he had his shot. He didn't. Terry Teagle did not show proper respect. Terry Teagle did not. He did not show proper respect. Makes me think he might be a them. Being honest, (laughs) that's incredible. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's amazing. He might be a them, Terry Teagle. Well, you don't know. You can't say for sure. You don't genuinely know. appreciate the video. That was just, I was not ready for I it. I don't hate Illinois. I love Illinois. I love Brad Underwood. Um, it, I just don't, I just didn't rank. I just didn't rank Illinois in the preseason top 25 and one. And, uh, and, and Illinois fans, at least some of them have, have made note of that. I'd be happy to be wrong. Cause if I'm wrong, that means Brad Underwood's having a great year. And I like Brad Underwood. That's so good. All right. Now uh, let's hear the next one. My mailbag question is, 
about the Wisconsin Badgers. It's how do you think Chucky Hepburn and Jordan Davis will do, and how do you think the Badgers will perform? In my opinion, I think that they're underrated. Dead leg? They might be underrated. I do not have Wisconsin in the top 25 and one, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Wisconsin's good again. My only request is that when you send in the videos, try not to replicate the ending of the Blair Witch Project. That's my only ask. I That's appreciate not my ask. I like them like that. You do? Yes. That's, so the lower video quality, the better. Yes. Okay. So go lo-fi. Okay. Like Bruce Pearl at the, at the NBA draft on his phone. Oh, my God. What a moment. <laughs> on the side of the road. Oh, man. He sent, me the, he, he sent me something that was so unintentionally funny over text messages that night. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, Bruce, are you on the side? Because I, I wanted a quote from him because who got drafted high? Oh, who was that? Who got drafted high? GP, send me down these roads here. That was 2020. I'm looking up right now. Blanking on it. Because I wanted to, I wanted to call oh, the little guard. The little guard. <laughs> a little Cooper. Cut. Is that right? No, was it, uh, wasn't it? Wasn't uh, it Okoro? Didn't Isaac Okoro go high? Isaac yeah. Okoro, yeah. So anyway, and he was, he was just, <laughs> he's like, there's no hotel for BP tonight. I don't know. He said it was just, it was hilarious. Um, Chucky Hepburn, that's the question. Tyler Wall, uh, Wisconsin. Listen, Badger fans, you're going through it right now because you just fired a coach on the football side who I I wasn't aware of this. I'm not in lockstep with what's happening on the gridiron there up in Madison. I am. But apparently won more than 70% of his games and you fired him on October 3rd, which is just insane. And I saw today, it was the first time that I think uh, Big Cat tweeted this on Twitter. It was the first time that Wisconsin had fired a football or men's basketball coach since Stan Van Gundy in the mid-90s. Stan Van Gundy, GP. How many times has he been fired? That's a great question. I don't have the answer to that. Um, as for your basketball team, it'll be, in all seriousness, it will be interesting to see what Wisconsin is this season because you lost a lot. And like Johnny Davis doing what he did a year ago and elevating your program to national relevance and prominence for the entirety. Like Johnny Davis was a story by week two of last season and you were constantly there. Um, I don't think Wisconsin will be a team that comfortably gets like a single digit seed in the tournament. I wouldn't count them out of making the tournament, but I think I speak for GP when I say you didn't even consider them for your preseason rankings there. No, so and, and and for whatever it's worth, at BartTorvik.com, I only bring that up because it's like the the main computer rankings that are already out there for next season. Um, they're they're projected as the ninth best team in the Big Ten, sixty sixth, I believe, at BartTorvik.com. So based on nothing more than those numbers, Wisconsin will maybe probably have to overachieve. To make the NCAA tournament. Man, the Illinois question was just incredible. All right, my next one here it gets uh, gets written in. I like the creativity of this question. This is a good job here. I love the show, longtime listener. In addition to being a huge college basketball fan, I'm also a zoo blogger. My family and I have been to 66 zoos across the country, primarily the Midwest. So below, I've listed our I've listed our rankings of the top 10 zoos we visited. My question is, if you could go to one city of the 10 listed below and do a zoo college basketball game combo in a weekend for the upcoming season, which city would you choose? Here are the 10 in order. Omaha, so you got Creighton, Columbus, Ohio State, Kansas City, which is the Kansas City Ruse, St. Louis, the Billikens, Fort Worth, Texas, TCU, Cincinnati is six. You can get Xavier or Cincinnati with the Cincinnati Zoo in there. Indianapolis has Butler, Memphis, 
You got the Tigers and you got the we have, Memphis Zoo. We have, a, we have a great zoo. Okay, we'll get to. I'm, I'm, I was going to cue you up on that in the final two. Or Apple Valley, Minnesota, you get the Golden Gophers. Or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you get the Pitt Panthers and the Pittsburgh Zoo and Aquarium. I've got thoughts on his zoo rankings, but go ahead and uh, well, one, tell me a little. Tell me your answer. Tell me a little bit about the Memphis Zoo, and then tell me the last time you were at a zoo. Well, it would have been at the Memphis Zoo, and it would have been this summer. We're, we, we're like we're like zoo members. We go to the zoo all the time. Ditto. Ditto. We're yeah. zoo members. Like you got kids, you got to be zoo members. I, it's a way of life there. What, so what, what, mem- what membership do you have? What zoo do you go to? Well, here's my thing on this. All right, I'm going to get into this right now. Here, listen. I really, really appreciate. I appreciate this question. This was a this was a great question. This is Ben Lowe from Aurora, Illinois. By the way, shouts to Ben. You ever been to Aurora, GP? You ever been to Aurora, Illinois? Uh, I've been to lots of places in Illinois. Maybe not Aurora. Maybe here's not my Aurora. thing. This now he granted he's based in the Midwest, but he's got a zoo ranking and this zoowithus.com forward slash zoo rankings. 59 zoos on this thing. You know what's not on this list? Mm. Bronx and San Diego. Are there two well, more well known zoos than Bronx and San Diego? Well, that's, okay, so I've been to the Bronx Zoo. And when I first started thinking of you can see a good team and go to a great zoo, San Diego is what popped into my head because I have not been to the San Diego Zoo. But everybody says it's amazing, right? I think that's number one up there. I've been. Is the San Diego Zoo just amazing? Because at the zoo, by definition, you're outside, and the weather in San Diego is amazing. So you're just like, oh, this is an amazing zoo. Is it really a great zoo, or is it just, is it just in San Diego? That's a great question. I have not been, so I'm not sure. I will say this: before having kids, I knew I was going to have to like do the do the zoo thing and i thought all right it'll just be another parent thing i actually genuinely i went i i went literally friday night to the zoo now they did a whole like light up the night and uh they had you know you know animals lit up and all this kind of stuff and and decorations for october and all that stuff so it was real cool shouts to the beardsley zoo in bridgeport connecticut it's a small little zoo but it certainly gets the job done there and then we do the bronx zoo as well so the two biggest ones i i'm just saying if you're gonna do a, a list of zoos San Diego and the Bronx, you got to get out there. You got to get to the opposite coast to rank them appropriately. Having said that, my answer is clearly number one on the list. I can't even speak to the quality of Omaha's Henry Dorley Zoo. No, I've never been to a Creighton game. I've never been to Omaha, Nebraska, and I'm up for a good zoo. So to me, as someone who's not even been to see a Creighton home game, Number one on his list is my number one pick. Yeah, based on his zoo rankings, uh, Ben's zoo rankings, I would say Omaha's the right answer, right? He he calls it the best zoo that he's been to, and Creighton's a you know borderline top ten team in the preseason. And Creighton games are awesome. I I, I agree. This was a g- creative question, but the answer is overwhelmingly obvious. All right, next question. GP, can you reach out and get an interview with Brandon Davies? Hashtag more of us. This comes from Christopher. Um. I doubt it, actually. Or maybe I could. I don't know. Would Brandon's, I don't know that Brandon Davies would like us. We're, we, we are, if, if we're being honest, we're, quite, we're kind of having fun with one of the down points of his life. Have you thought about, yeah, I mean, should we continue that? That's the yes, thing. yes, 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 yes. We his should. Life, yes, of course. His life has worked out fine, by the way. Oh, I uh, don't, that's, the, uh, that's my question for you, because I didn't look this up, because I wondered if you would. I don't know what he's up to. Like, did you do a check-in on Brandon Davies? Of course I did. I know everything he's up to. Okay, what's going on? He's 31 years old now. Boy, time flies when you're having premarital sex. Oh, <laughs> it really does. It really does. Fly. He just won back-to-back Spanish Cups. He's had a nice career overseas playing for Olympia Milano. He married Lindsay Quist. And they have a daughter and, and, and uh, two sons. Okay. So somebody, Davies. Somebody's I'm been not do- going any deeper into this conversation. Somebody's been doing it. 
Somebody's been doing it. Sounds like to me. So you're saying no Brandon Davies. I do think that we will, we should and will eventually get a Devin Downey thing on the show. I think that has to happen. Brandon Day, in all seriousness, like, yeah. What if we got Brandon Davies on here and we were like, all right, walk us through it. Oh my God. Walk us through it. I'm walking out. I'm, I'm gone. Walk us through it. Tell us. Tell us. I'm out if that happens. Okay. Tell us about the night. Tell us about how you got caught. <laughs> tell us about how weird it was to get kicked there out of school. might legitimately be like kind of a wild story behind that. I don't need to know it, though. Oh, I remember rumors from back then about why he got caught and, and, and the dynamics of the entire situation. There were certainly there were certainly some... I should probably just stop talking right let's now. Just, let's just keep it rolling here. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the question. Uh, I don't know if Brandon Davies have a Brandon Davies interview. It, 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 you know, the bit maybe serves itself better. Uh, which, by the way, it's only if you're curious as to why this is a thing. Uh, the only reason why Brandon Davies gets a shout out on these episodes, I know, I know. Do you, you realize what it is? Because we want people to smash the like no, button, it, like the Brandon when Davies. We, when we became the first college sports podcast to ever go to video a year right. ago we were That's the right. first one yep we got asked to make sure to tell people to uh hit the like button or smash the like button and so we started saying smash the like button and then you because you're you were like what, what who do i know someone that smashes oh yeah brandon davies and like i know a lot of people who smash i, yeah. I want to be clear about that but my favorite person who smashes is brandon davies all right because he smashed with the world, his whole world at stake, and he still will. He still wanted to smash. A couple more here, and then we're getting. Who out. wants to smash that badly? To you could blow up your whole life. You can smash. Or, you know what? In fact, lots of people <laughs> blow up their whole lives over smashing. Brandon Davies was not the first. He won't be the last. Got an email here from North, the Northwest Territories of Canada. We are global. You ever been to the Northwest Territories, GP? Ah, uh, no, I haven't. I should get up there sometime, though. Capital of Northwest Territories. I love this. Yellowknife. Yellowknife. Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories. Here's the question. My name is Ira Simone Morin from Northwest Territories, Canada. I love your show and have been listening since the summer of 2021. My question is, if Canada were to have an all-Canadian Division One team, how do you think they would fare? Now, he offered up five. They second to mm. Bellarmine in the Atlantic Sun is what I think destroy it would win the a sun here, here so he offers up marcus carr ryan nemhard emmanuel miller miller from tcu quincy garrier who's now at oregon formerly at syracuse and zach Eady. i got a few more names here now let's say that all these players are healthy from canada played on the canadian national team youth national team previously fardos amac now at texas tech got emmanuel acott super senior gonna play at western kentucky was committed to memphis gp right yeah, that fell through. That fell through. Uh, Jalen Llewellyn, top 100 prospect, now going to play as a grad transfer up at Michigan. Uh, Charles Bediaco at Alabama. And then Elijah Fisher is a top 50 prospect this season. This is going to be a freshman this season. He's going to play at Texas Tech. You give me that roster, Carr, Nemhard, Miller, Gary A., Edie, Amac, Acott, Llewellyn, Bediaco, Elijah Fisher. At full health, that's a top five team in the country. Now, it's just, you know, representing an entire country on Canada. But I thought it was, a, it was an interesting question. There have been plenty of really good Canadian players come through the pipeline over the past decade or so. Uh, no, there is not an Andrew Wiggins in college basketball this season or even someone like um, R.J. Barrett, right? But uh, but a pretty good 
a pretty good Dylan Brooks, team. Brandon Clark. A lot, of good go. yeah. a lot of good players. Uh, agree? Top five team in the country with that roster? Second to Bellarmine in the Atlantic Sun. All right. You're next. What do you got? Appreciate the shout out to all the cyclists. I catch the pod either on my daily rides or behind my desk at work. My main question is for GP. Why do you have my Boilermakers on the, in the top 25 and one with all issues they had on defense last season and the glaring lack of a true point guard on the roster currently? I just don't see how they're a top 25 team. Do you expect large jumps of production from Gillis Newman? And first, do you think freshman blah, 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 blah. Here's, here's the way he finishes the message. Or, do, or are you just betting on Matt Painter's consistency and being uh, on the better half of a murky Big Ten? That's what it is. I don't even know. Uh, I, I don't know that there's a clear-cut favorite in the Big Ten, although I have identified Indiana as that. Mm-hmm. But here's the truth. Purdue has finished top 25 at Ken Palm in seven straight seasons. Like, I just believe in Matt Painter. Like, like what if I told you this guy is – I don't know what his roster looks like, but every year he finishes in the top 25. Can we just assume he's probably going to do it again, considering he does it every year? I mean, it might be wrong. They're 28 preseason at BartTorvik.com. But I think this is where Illinois fans, to circle back to a previous question, they would say, hey, uh, we're clearly better on paper than Purdue. And they might be. But I just, like, when I start doing the top 25 and 1, there are some programs that I just know I'm going to put in there no matter what. And Purdue is one of them because of Matt. Yeah, that, I like the twist on this. This, this is a fan being like, why are you ranking my team? What are you doing? What are you doing? How about uh, this? If you take that roster, call it something other than Purdue, and give them another coach besides Matt Painter, I don't even look at the roster. I don't even consider it. But it's Purdue with Matt Painter. They're, they're almost always good. I'm assume, I'll, I'll assume they're going to be good until they're not. I will lean with you. I, I think that Purdue has to be regarded um, minimally top 30 and certainly have top 25 status. All right, last question here. Um, got a couple things to hit on. Uh, this is from JB from Texas. Grammar special here. Mm. Uh, he said, what is the correct... Uh, this this actually bothers me, and I think it might bother you, too, GP. So if we it can drives me crazy. Listen. Okay. That's why I picked it, because I figured you might appreciate this one. Um, what is the correct usage of is versus are when referring to a team slash university? He gives examples. Texas is going to be better next year. North Carolina. See, I don't even are. think this part's confusing. Like everybody knows this is basic grammar. Well, right? hold on. Here's why. North Carolina are trending in the right direction. UCLA is lucky. Alabama are going to shoot a billion threes. The reason why I think part of this is starting to get confusing is because Americans who watch European soccer are now using that verbiage and confusing the British plural with American English. So when you watch European soccer, soccer, it's Chelsea are at the top of the table. That's how they say it in England. In America, it would be Chelsea. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous. Thing, so. That's that's why I wanted to well, address totally. this. I, I listen. That's why we had to send. Ted don't even get me on the proper way to spell favorite or how to pronounce aluminum. Okay, I hear you 100 percent on this. But he says. I've heard many versions of each, both. What's the rule? You are looking at the singular versus plural when it comes to is versus are. Also, they versus it. Okay? That's the one that gets confusing for some people. That's the one that I... That like Texas, Texas is going to be better next year. North Carolina yes. is trending in the right direction. UCLA is. Alabama is. That's easy. Yeah. Where the mix-up happens, there's there's two. When the mascot or team name yes, is I have this singular, in my notes. correct. So, like the Crimson Tide, 
is playing Arkansas this weekend? Or is it the Crimson Tide are playing Arkansas this weekend? I think technically it's is, but that that's different than like if the Auburn Tigers. I would go R in that. By the yeah, way. Auburn Tigers. The Tigers. No, are, I would say the Crimson Tide are playing. They are the they are still the collective, but it gets tricky. I think when, AP style is going to be Crimson is Tide is. I think if you go read a story that's AP yeah. compliant, you're going to see the Crimson Tide is instead of the Tigers are, the Eagles are, the Knights are, I think you're going to find the Crimson Tide is. You might be correct about Just that. Just like Actually. the Car- Stanford Cardinal is. So the Stanford yeah, the Cardinal, Cardinal is, right. And that it's because that sounds singular. It's similar it's, to if a player is a Heat or a Jazz, right? That's where it also gets tricky. Heat, Jazz, plurals that sound singular. Drive me up a wall here. So I, I, I hear you on that. I'm not going to be able to find this in the AP. The, 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 one, the one that gets confusing is um, you'll say North Carolina is playing at Duke. They are a four-point favorite. That's incorrect. Correct. It's, it, it is a four-point favorite. North Carolina, if you address it next with a, with, a, it, with, it, with a it or a they, it's it. Correct. It North Carolina is playing at Duke. It is a four-point favorite. Or... North Carolina is playing at Duke. The Tar Heels are a four-point favorite. They've won seven straight games. 100%. Simple way to remember this, if you're t- just in terms of the schools. If you're using the school, collective singular, it is it. If you're using the moniker or the mascot, it is a they, okay? But you'll if I, he- I hear it on games and when people talk about this stuff all the time and it's fine it's not the end of the world but i hear yeah i mean i slip up and do it sometimes when i'm just talking yeah, but when yeah. i'm writing i i, I yeah. make sure it's correct yeah so that i i listen always appreciate uh the grammar stuff so duquesne is on a six game winning streak the dukes are one of the five best teams in philadelphia um he also has one more thing on this Said, um, he said, please change the name of the final four and one there's only one final four every season and there's nothing final about your final four and one, call it the eye on four and one. Thanks. Shouts to the days when Devin Downey was shouted out on random tangents in the middle of each episode. So a couple notes on this one. I forgotten. That was the thing when we actually used to shout out Devin Downey for no reason. Then middle. That's a great, great throwback shout there. You don't even look at his eyes. He, you don't remember this at all. Do you? Yeah. Cause I would be talking about something and then I would just lead myself to a Devin to, to, or, or we'd just be like, all right, shouts to Devin Downey and we'd move on. That's a great throwback. I kind of am with him on the name of our of our pick segment here. So, final four and one. We could the reason why it's the final four and one is it's theoretically the final segment of that podcast episode. That's why and GPS the top twenty five and one. So we're merging, we're blending here. But I am open to a creative but short and catchy new name for the pick segment once we get to the season. So I'm merely putting that out there for the listeners. Again, if you have thought, I'm not guaranteeing we're changing it. Shouts to CBS at gmail.com. If you want to think of a name that's better than final four and one, we can also GP picks four games and then I pick the end one. So there's also a reason for it. But if you have an idea, I'm certainly open to it. All right. Are we done here? Let's get out of here. But hey, this was good. Man, I love them. I love, listen, love a mailbag episode. It just, it just changes up our rhythm a, a little bit here. I dig it. Definitely changes up the rhythm. We did get a question. Listen, there are a lot of questions we got that we couldn't get to here. Um, someone wanted us to know how Walker Kessler ended up as a member of how he became a jazz. There you <laughs> go. 
so we can't get into all these things, but um, but thank you for all the questions there. And uh, yeah, we'll 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 do more uh, soon enough yeah. here. We had someone ask us like Leaky Black, and you were wearing South Dakota gear. Why haven't I seen any dodo bird stuff or camel fighting? What if I told you I've actually seen some mock-ups of some camel fighting stuff? It is coming. Just be patient. It's coming. But yeah. and uh, like reading all the questions, the and then we'll get out of here. The thing I I enjoyed most is that uh, we live on social media, so I don't have any concept of people who don't. And yet there were a lot of questions from people saying, "Hey, thanks for uh, opening up this avenue uh, for me to you know get in touch with you guys." Because I you know I'm not going to tweet you, I'm not going to Facebook message you, I'm not going to Instagram message you like like I'm Adam Levine. I'm just gonna. Hey. Uh, I'm just going to, I, but I can't email. And so now we have a way to email you. And so that was nice to hear from those people. It was, it was wonderful. Um, by the way, we will have another episode. I wish of, Adam Levine would have, you know, uh, sent in a question. I that, thought I was getting out. I thought I was getting out. I mean, he's texting everybody else. I don't know why he can't send us a question. I do understand the reference. I, I'm, I'm aware that, that, w- that was something of a, that was a cultural talking point that did not evade my radar. So I do. I, do I don't know it. why I can't. If he texts with everybody else, I don't know why he can't send us a message. Yeah, Adam Levine, shouts to CBS at gmail.com. Come find us. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we won't turn you in. <laughs> We're not trying to expose you. We just want a question from Let you. Let me see where Adam Levine's from. Hold on, real quick. This is, where this is, is Adam Levine from? I have I couldn't even begin to get I'm gonna I'm gonna blindly say I brought up the page and look, I'll I'll blindly say he's from LA. What's your guess? Yeah, I would think California. He seems California to me, but I mean, what do I know? Boom, look at that. Born 79 in Los Angeles. Blind luck there. So yeah, maybe oh, maybe no, he probably he probably he could have sent us in a Hami Hakez question. Exactly. He probably I bet you Adam Levine recognizes Mick Cronin as the best coach in UCLA history. Adam, come on. Let's go let's go look at Adam Levine's Instagram. See if he, let's see if he's see that email, Adam. Let's go see if Adam Levine's following Tiger Campbell on Instagram. Oh no. I just made uh what if Tiger Campbell was no, like no, no. Adam Levine has been sending me the most outrageous direct messages? I don't think that would be the person uh, if Adam Levine's a UCLA fan. Well, we, what just, if Adam Levine starts dating Amari Bailey's like, mom? Like, we're, done, we're done. We're done. What if um what if Adam Levine and his wife split and by all accounts they're trying to work through this little scandal and I wish them luck, you know, they got kids and stuff. I hope they I hope they if there's a way to work through it, I hope they work through it. I'm always rooting for families. But if for whatever reason it doesn't go the right way and he becomes single and then he starts dating Amari Bailey's mom, wouldn't that be a nice story? It'd be a story. She's thick, son. Shout him out. We're going to get a Bellarmine shout? Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to Pedro Bradshaw. There are dozens of us. Dozens! If you're not subscribed to podcasts, please go subscribe to the Island College Basketball Podcast. Anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Spot, uh, Podcasts and Spotify over at Apple. Five stars, nice review. Make sure the people know there's still more of us than there are of them. We respect the thems. We respect the thems. Always. Always. Ne- never. Never never not respected the thems. Just defended ourselves against the thems, if we're being honest. That's how they say. We're just defending ourselves against the thems. You got it all backwards sometimes. The Dems, the Dems came for our throats. And then we just had to remind them. There are more of us than there are of them. Be careful about who you get into a war with. You don't want to go to war with the us's or the Zelensky's. Sounds like, you know? Yeah. I think I think the Zelensky's are, are one of us. 
I guarantee you. You you think President Zelensky saved himself from marriage? No chance. Uh, I, we are done. Yeah, we are done. <laughs> we'll talk to you again real soon. <laughs> Bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.